So what if your greatest disappointment led to your greatest success? In fact, what if your greatest disappointment shaped your future? Well, today we have a conversation with Lindsay Hanlon, who used her challenges and achievements as an NCAA athlete as a driving force in her life. I encourage you to listen to this podcast with your teenager or your college-age children or your grandchildren. Discuss with them how God never wastes our time and uses always today's circumstances to, to form us into the man and woman that he wants us to be. Here's my conversation with Lindsay Hanley. Well, Lindsay, thanks so much for joining us here on The Journey. We appreciate it very much. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and very honored. So, Well, you know, uh, you're a wife, a mother, an influencer, a podcaster. You just did a book. So, uh, like, what do you do in your free time? In my free time, I exercise. <laughs> I, I make that a point in my day to get done. But I like to unwind and hang out with Mike, and we talk a lot about what we want to, you know, do in our future and That's continue cool. to grow. So you guys like like to dream together. We do. Yeah. yeah. It's probably one of my uh, how long have do. you and Mike been married? Thirteen years. Thirteen years, mm-hmm. and you have four children. Four children. Tell me about your kids. Okay, we've got Parker. He's our son. He's twelve. Twin girls, Piper and Presley, who are nine, and a baby girl, Penelope, who's five. One of the things that you have on your book cover, uh, one of the first things after your name is uh, a, a believer in Jesus or follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. When did that come about for you? When did when did you when did you trust in Christ? To have that personal relationship with mm-hmm. him, it was very much the focus I took in my faith and personal development journey after I lost my grandparents. Like I was really in a a grieving state, although I felt very blessed to have them. They were 91 when they passed, so it mm-hmm. wasn't something that was very tragic. It was something we knew was coming. And I had that opportunity to sit with them and be with them. And just remembering all the things about my grandparents and my grandmother always showing me Jesus's picture, like, do you know who this is? Mm -hmm. And I think because she knew I was an emotional teen and she always just wanted me to have that grounding faith. And they, you know, I grew up Catholic. So I feel like after I lost them, I really, I needed that peace. I needed to understand things a little bit better. We have a resource called Living Grounded, and it starts, the first chapter uh, is about uh, the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. You know, Joseph is sold by his brothers, and then uh, he's, he's sold into slavery, and then he's Potiphar's house, he gets falsely accused, he's in prison, and then, then he's the second in command of the land, and God uses him uh, to save the nation of Israel. So it's a, it's a fascinating story. And we use that story to help people see that God never wastes our time. Right. And uh, we, we have a little thing. We do high times and low times and then influencers in our life in, in the hand of God. Um, one of the stories that you have started out as kind of a, a pivotal time in your life, started out as kind of a low time, mm-hmm. but really was so critical in the journey that God had you on. So. Talk about the day when you got cut from the basketball team. I can remember it so clearly. <clears throat> I I don't I rarely forget much. So I can remember this so clearly because it really was a hard time for me. And looking back, I think, wow, you weren't really that good of a basketball player. Like that wasn't <laughs> your calling. So getting cut, you know, I just remember running out of there and one of the teammates running after me and just trying to console me. And it's okay, you can try out again next year. And my dad waiting for me and just feeling like he is going to be so disappointed in me. And he said the same thing, like, we can just keep 
working at it. We can, you know, I can train you. We can get ready for next year. And I just, I was a teenager, so I just cried and just wanted to run to my room and cry some more. And I just remember thinking, like, swimming is such a, you know, it was, you know, basketball is a winter sport. So I was, what can I do over the winter time mm -hmm. to not just not play a sport? I mm -hmm. always wanted to achieve. I was an achiever, still am, but I, I said, I think I'm going to try out for the swim team. And now I had no previous experience besides summer swimming at mm -hmm. the country club with friends. I can mm -hmm. stay afloat, um, <laughs> so to speak. But my mom was like, okay, do you want me to go with you? And I, and I just said, no, I'll go. And I, it ended up being the greatest opportunity. Mm -hmm. It was something that was clearly calling me. And I didn't know where it would lead. I just knew that I enjoyed it mm -hmm. and I was going to keep trying and it was it was a great first season so you swim in high school and then you start going to some camps in the summer different things and all of a sudden someone from University of Pittsburgh says hey ever thought about swimming in college and next thing you know you're a college athlete mm -hmm. talk about that it was such a blessing <clears throat> so I swam YMCA so as soon as I finished my first season I started to swim for the YMCA in our area and I did that for several seasons. So like basically ninth through 11th grade. And then I finally decided, you know, to move on from there. I follow where I'm being called, you know, enough's enough of this team there, you know, mm -hmm. there's always some sort of thing that set, triggers you or makes you think maybe I need to go to a different team. And so I told my parents, like, I want to try team Pitt. It was a club team that was, that practices at the University of Pittsburgh. And two of the coaches were also university coaches. So it was kind of a cool aspect. And so I was just swimming. I remember putting my fins on for a set we were doing. And, you know, Coach Jeff was like, would you like to or have you ever thought about swimming in college? And I was like, no. And it's kind of interesting because I was, you know, a senior at that time. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting that it never crossed my mind. But and he said, would you like to come on a recruiting trip? And I was like, to University of Pittsburgh? Okay. So I said yes. And so I had looked at Pittsburgh. I went to Washington and Jefferson as well. And uh, ultimately, I was super excited about the chance hmm. to swim at a Division One school. So it's a big deal. It's a big deal. You were there for a year or two, two, and um, you decided you need to make it make a change. Yeah, this was where my parents really stepped in. Where sometimes you think your parents are just being extremely difficult. Why can't they just leave me be? But I was very emotional. I was surrounded by a lot of people that were easily not Christians. Uh, it was a very dark swim team. If I could, I never wanted to get too into it because everyone's at a different stage in their life right now and everyone's doing better and well. Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, so I wasn't going to write, you know, a tell all, but it was just something that I knew wasn't meant for me. My parents would call me like, why aren't you like feeling great? And why aren't you, you know, they were just like, didn't want me to be so emotional and so upset all the time. So they were like, you're either coming out of school or we're going to take you to a psychologist every week. And so I would go there and they would pick me up and they would take me to Murraysville where my, so just probably like 20 minutes outside of mm -hmm. the University of Pittsburgh. And, uh, and I would talk to her and she said, have you ever thought about leaving the school? And it was like one of those things where one of those moments, those key points in your life where you're like, wow, that scares me and terrifies me because I'm so blessed to be at the University of Pittsburgh. It's a great mm -hmm. school. It's Division One school. And but it also excited me. There was something that was like, this is a great opportunity. 
Why don't you think about it? And that was really hard for me. And I talk a little bit about it in the book because I respected my coaches, like the highest respect for them. They brought me on. They were such, you know, mentors and so caring. But And they have to release you if they you're do, gonna, yeah. which I didn't initially know. Mm-hmm. And that was an interesting situation. I was emailing some of the um, other schools I was looking at, so Penn State, Virginia Tech, and South Carolina, and it was the Penn State coach that said, have you even signed a release form yet? And I was like, no. They were like, you need to go do that. So that was one of the hardest walks for me up to the coach's mm-hmm. office to ask to be released, and and they they signed it right away. Mm-hmm. So I think they knew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You end up uh, going to the University of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to, to a little warmer weather. I for did. Sure. Saw the palm trees, and I was <laughs> I was pretty sold. And yeah. um, it was a good change for you. It was a good change, refreshing change, and also one of those things where I I, I love a good challenge. And so, not that it wasn't challenging to some in the big big East, but I was probably at the top of the game there at that mm-hmm. point. And going into the SEC, you're swimming a whole different uh, tribe of people. Mm -hmm. And so I got to swim next to an Olympian at one meet and I remember being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like I'm swimming next to her. And they were like, well, you, you earned it and you're here. So just get in there and swim. And she was so nice. And it was, and I, and I dropped time. So it's one of those things where when you continue to challenge yourself and put yourself in situations where you can grow, Mm -hmm. that's how you expand, not just staying where you're just at the top and you know, you're happy there. I, it was just an opportunity too. I got to meet other coaches who have remained great mentors and other friends. And so I've been very blessed with mm-hmm. both opportunities. So. so you're at the University of South Carolina, and there's a day when the coach brings you up front and asks the team, do you think Lindsay's a leader? Now, you were not have, you didn't have any tight. You didn't, weren't mm-hmm. weren't a, co- a captain or mm-hmm. co captain or whatever. Give us the backstory of that story. Like, why did he do that, and what did that mean to you? And uh, just how it was very encouraging for you when he did it. It was. I think because I always desired to have to make a difference, to make an impact, and I think they knew I was one of the emotional teammates. You know, there mm-hmm. are times where I look back and I think. It's been such a gift to be who I am, but for the longest time, I wanted to just be like calm, cool, and collected like everyone else, you know? (laughs) So I think they almost knew I needed to hear some of those things to encourage me to continue to to rise up, to have that encouragement and just know that I was there for a reason. I think he really just wanted me to feel secure, you know, wanted, needed on the team, you know? And I knew that, and I think one of the reasons like I always would get upset if I weren't a captain or a co-captain. I was like, I feel like I am always pouring into people and there for everyone, but I was still leading in so many other ways. And I remember mm-hmm. one of my friends, uh, my I swam my fifth year senior year because it was an Olympic trial year. And so I was working towards that as well. And she just did her senior speech and just thanked me because I was a roommate of hers. We all lived in this, there were five of us in this one house. And she said, Lindsay shows up every day and she doesn't have to. Like she's not, you know, on the actual college team anymore. She just shows up. She puts her mm-hmm. heart and soul into it. She works harder than probably any of us. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where it hit me that you don't have to be, you don't have to have the captain on your coat or anything like that to be a leader. Just mm-hmm. keep showing people and leading by example. So, so University of South Carolina was a great um, spot. It was. Uh, you enjoyed uh, being in Columbia. Mm-hmm. It's a great area. <laughs> 
and um, you had a you had a great finish to your college career there. Now, t- talk a little bit about the fifth year and the Olympic trials. Did you? I fell just a tad short, but I was having some serious back pain at the time. But and it was hard. It was hard to, you know, I'm at this final meet. It was in Charlotte, and my dad came down to watch, and I already knew my back was in such bad shape at this point. And who knows? I probably could have done so many things different, but I was okay with it, even if I had made it to Olympic trials. I'm a realist. I wasn't going to make it to the Olympics. The top mm-hmm. two in one event make it. So it was mm-hmm. unlikely. But um, but I, I was just grateful for the experience. I got to swim another year. I got to meet some of these uh, other coaches because some other a new head coach had come in. I remember him pulling me out one time and saying, you have more talent than anyone here in this pool. So basically, like, get it together <laughs> and, you know, continue to work hard. And I just was I'm just grateful for all those mentorships. Like I still mm-hmm. get to talk to some of these coaches that are on Instagram and, you know, cheer each other on in our different journeys of life. Mm-hmm. So it's been really, really uh, mm-hmm. just a blessing, you know. Um, but yeah, I yeah, I fell a little bit short. I mean, it was like 0.02 short mm. of an Olympic trial cut. So it was it was close. Uh, but I was I had only swam what that was, you know, three or four years in high school, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th. And then like four years and then fifth year senior in college. So it was a very short swimming journey and I had accomplished a lot. So I was very grateful for it. Lindsay, talk to uh, coaches and teachers listening. Uh, When I hear your story, coaches always um, were great encouragers to you and influencers to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only encouraging like, way to go, you're great, but pick it up you can do better right you have a lot of talent you just keep talent. at it yeah and uh talk to coaches and just um encourage them as they encourage kids because this, so so this coach at south carolina right he he saw something in you and you, that he he knew he needed to encourage you with the other girls and in front of the other girls and uh pretty masterful he was a student of you to be able to do that. So mm-hmm. encourage coaches and teachers. Yeah, I would say, you know, uh, just listen and watch, and you'll know the people that will need an extra pick-me-up, even if they are some of your fastest swimmers and the ones that you know you might need on the team the most. They might need just as much encouragement as someone else. So I would just say, you know, talk to them, get to know them, and you know, don't be afraid to have conversations with them or pull them up and put them on the spotlight. It was really hard for me. I was like, why is he doing this? (laughs) And I was crying, but at the same time, it made me feel very secure and very wanted and very comforted. And I think sometimes you just need to not be afraid to encourage and pull someone aside and Mm -hmm. do what you need to do to just keep that team camaraderie and community up be uplifting and encouraging because I have been on some teams that it was not always the case, Mm -hmm. you know? And so just be a good leader and show them the way. One of the verses that you have in your book is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's a powerful verse. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk a little bit about what that verse means to you personally and how God, he knows the plans he has for us, and then he leads us along those plans. 
So yeah, for me, like I said a little bit earlier about the emotion and why I couldn't be someone that was calm, cool, and collected. And I think too, I think sometimes people look at so-and-so if they're too emotional or they're too this or they're too that. For the longest time, I tried to suppress that and neglect that because I just wanted to be like everyone else. And I wanted to please my parents and, you know, and achieve so much. And then the more I realized I'm like perfectly made as who I am and it has been leading and guiding me and not messing up anything because these are the plans that he has for me. So I think just knowing that some of the things that I had to go through that were very hard and were not the easiest things to walk away from because I did have some great teammates at Pitt, but it was not the greatest place for me. Mm -hmm. And I think when you have those hard moments, sometimes you just start to wonder like, why can't things just go smoothly for me? Why do I have to be the one that looks constantly disrupted and a loose cannon or too much for everybody? Mm-hmm. It's just the plans he has for me. And I mm-hmm. see it now, how it all works and how it works out for the good. Things are working out for us, not to us, and that he has a plan even in those darker, mm-hmm. harder times. Knowing you a little bit and uh, getting to talk with you, Amicia, again, um, yeah, for kids, extremely busy you do a podcast, you do, you're on social media, uh, influencer, exercising, the whole bit. Um, then in your book, you have this verse. So I probably expected this verse not to be in your book, right? <laughs> Isaiah 40, 31, they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. So Lindsay, some listening to this just think, oh, my goodness, energy and always upbeat and going on. And yet life is real, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just got to slow down, wait on the Lord, and just listen to him. And so right after that verse, you said, slow down, and I need to do some other things. But one of the things you said, I need to deepen my faith. Talk about how important it is to slow down at times in our life and, and deepen our faith. Yeah, so I mean, I do, I am an action taker and I am constantly moving, but that doesn't mean in those moments of movement that I'm not still enough to hear Mm. what he's telling me, right? So I tell my podcast listeners a lot that sometimes I will just run to my Christian playlist and it can be in a very emotional time because like I said, I like to cry and I know that that's (laughs) not always a bad thing anymore. So I just, I'm listening and I'm just making sure that the things that I'm doing are in alignment for what I, you know, Mm -hmm. I want in my life, which means walking in my purpose. So that gives me a lot of energy and excitement in my life by doing that. But just pausing enough, like I have a pretty much a routine in the morning where I get up. I'm a little bit more strict on my routine in the in the fall, in the winter, whenever I have to get the kids up for school. Mm -hmm. But I do like to get up, exercise, read my devotionals. Even if I'm on Instagram, usually I'm always looking for a Bible verse or something that's calling mm-hmm. to me, you know, mm-hmm. I, on my explore page when things show up. But just knowing that, you know, he is in control. There is really, I think that has helped me so much in motherhood and in difficult times when, you know, you want to control everything and 
and you, you just can't. And I think mm. I always tell people that the twins mm. broke me of that control because I feel like <laughs> when I had Parker, I was like, oh, I can do, you know, I can control things. And then the twins came along and I went from one to three kids and I could barely get their diapers on. One's crawling away. And I was like, I've lost all control of the situation. <laughs> and it's been a blessing. So how, how he teaches us in those moments mm-hmm. where I wasn't expecting to have twins. <laughs> I have three kids all of a sudden. And ju- that helps someone like me who mm-hmm. is always trying to control too much. And I think just knowing that we we are here on a journey to bless others, to make an impact, to have a purpose. And so just calming themselves down enough to have self-awareness and know exactly what you want, how you mm-hmm. need to set boundaries, which I talk a little bit about in the book, how I had to protect my peace and walk away from things that trigger me, aren't good for me, and that it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. and so I think just being patient and waiting on him. And we went through a, a couple years ago, maybe like a year and a half, two years ago, with our one daughter, where she was, you know, possibly going to be diagnosed with a really, really rare bone cancer, an aggressive mm-hmm. bone cancer. And I, I was, I was, I was really shook. I will say, especially because mm-hmm. there has been clusters of it in our area, Ewing sarcoma. And, and that was really hard for me. And so just being patient enough and just trusting through that process that how am I going to get through this? Because that's not something I thought as a young parent I would mm. have to navigate so soon. And we were fortunate enough that it did not end up being that. Um, there are days I still worry sometimes. But, you know, it, you have to be patient and mm-hmm. you have to wait and you have to know that it's all part of his plan. Forgiveness and grace. You talk about that in your book. Uh, just elaborate on a little bit. The, as you think about forgiveness, uh, God's forgiveness to you, and then the forgiveness and grace we should show to others. How do you think about that? How do you teach that to those on podcasts and influencers? But but more than that, what personally, what does that mean to you, forgiveness and grace? So forgiveness for me, it's, you know, forgiveness of others and also forgiveness of self, like things that you may have looked back on on your journey and you say, well, I wish I could have said that differently or I wish I would have handled that differently. Those are hard things to sit with for forever. And I think knowing that Jesus is always there for us, we can kind of let ourselves off the hook a little bit and Mm -hmm. say, okay, well, that was that. And, you know, you have opportunities to give yourself grace, to apologize, to forgive yourself And that's how we can move forward and give ourselves permission to live the prosperous life that he has for us. We don't have to sit and, you know, continue to bash ourselves for everything that we've Mm -hmm. done on our journey. And I think that's something, too, I've learned, you know, through the Bible Chapel as well, is just how much peace we have with Mm -hmm. the relationship with Jesus. And so forgiveness of others is just knowing that everyone's fighting a battle and Mm -hmm. We all, like I said, are products of um, our our family and generational trauma and all of these things that everyone has going on. Not everyone's going to do the personal development and the faith walk and all of the deep faith work that I do with, honestly, sometimes just going out for a run and listening to my Christian music and talking to God. Not everyone's going to do that. And so I think just giving that forgiveness that some people don't want to do the work. They don't want to look in the mirror. They don't want to take that time to go deep. And so I realized like my heart is my heart and I can't expect it from everyone else. So just giving Mm -hmm. that forgiveness and grace and just understanding that everyone has their own journey and their own walk. And 
and showing them the way, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like sometimes I end up coaching my parents. I end up coaching some of my parents' friends. I got a great review from one of my mom's friends who, you know, I used to always think, wow, everyone is just such a perfect Catholic and Christian and just, you know, like, you know, that's what you think of and what you learn. And then they write you these like amazing messages, like you're, and it just brings it all together. Mm -hmm. So you sit in all of that wishing you could be like everyone else and they're all just, you know, doing this and that. And then you realize that everybody is actually fighting the battle, mm-hmm. has a lot of work they own, they need to do on their own journey and just show them the way. As you uh, desire to influence people in your spiritual journey, exercise has always been a big part of that, right? Mm-hmm. You talk about it in your book and uh, just uh, having the conversations with you. Uh, again, not for everybody, you know, but but it'll resonate with many people. Talk about the importance that exercise is for you just uh, um, in your overall health as an individual. So for me, I started to, as I developed my deep self-awareness that I need to move my body for just mental clarity, uh, peace, (laughs) sanity, saving for a mother of four. I remember Mm -hmm. one time Mike came home from work when the twins were young and he was like, please just go for a run. And I was like, oh, can't believe he said that so Mm -hmm. i would give him the kids you know hand them the twins i was they were young i was still nursing them and i went for a 30 minute jog and i came back and it was just a piece Mm -hmm. (laughs) that i really can't explain so sometimes i think we we talk ourselves out of exercise because it's oh it's going to be painful or and we don't realize the gift that it is if we have the ability to move we're meant to keep moving Mm -hmm. and i think too i want to show my children how to take care of themselves in this world where we have, there's video games and cell phones and you see a lot of kids just sitting down, you know, mm-hmm. just get up and move. And I, and I tell my listeners on my podcast too, some of the greatest ideas that I have for my life or what I'm being called to do next comes when I'm moving my body, not when mm-hmm. I'm just sitting on the couch, you right. know? Yeah, right. Mike and I sit and we talk about, uh, you know, our visions and we're, you know, usually sitting, but I love that time that I gift myself where I can, and of course this comes from swimming too. I what, four hours a day, my heart rate was elevated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's hard for me to not have it elevated for a certain amount of time, but I I really feel like it is something, it's a gift to be Mm -hmm. able to move our bodies. And I am grateful for that, that, you know, that gift that I have to just get up and move. And even if it's just a walk and, or a jog or some weightlifting, it's Mm -hmm. uh, it's a blessing. That's great, mm -hmm. that's great. So um, your podcast is called? Wing It, Rise Up. Wing It, Rise Up. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can get it on all the platforms out there, I'm yes. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, your book is called Flying by the Seat of Your Soul. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty cool. I just, I want to thank you for coming on. No, it was and a blessing. I appreciate so much uh, your love for Christ, your desire to use, um, you know, the, the platform that he's given you to, to share him with others and it's pretty cool to see what uh, what god's doing in your life yeah it's been truly an amazing amazing journey i'm so grateful and i just know that he's moving through me i feel called mm-hmm. the more i get opportunities like this and the work that i get to do to just show people like what you know what a great god we have and that we can live a prosperous and good mm-hmm. life even with our difficult journeys that they're right. meant for us. So, Well, thanks so much for yeah. coming on. I really thank appreciate you. it, Lindsay. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate it, Ron. Thank you.
My conversation with Lindsay is a reminder that life doesn't always go the way we plan. But God is sovereign. And he takes our challenges, even our personal failures, and he uses them to form us into the person he wants us to be. So don't let the circumstances of your life hold you back. Allow God to take them and propel you forward for his honor and for his glory. Remember these words from Jeremiah chapter 29, 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Thanks for joining us on The Journey Podcast.